for ripping bonnets. Welcome to Ripping Bonnets, the podcast where we uh, evaluate terrible uh, Amish romance novels for you, our listeners. I am Jessica. I'm Leanne. And I'm Kristen. This week, our book is, hold on, an Amish or uh, Amish Widow's Hope from, it's book one from the Expected Amish Widow series. Oh, yes, by Samantha Price. (sighs) Which definitely sounds like a name that you made up in middle school. It's as true. your alter ego or your like fake best friend yeah i have theories on samantha price that we can get into later but i think she's a i think she is oh, fake right. in general yeah can i do the 60 second plot summary this week please please because i didn't finish it so oh that's right am i the only one who read the whole thing oh no i, I finished it i'm i'm 13 minutes um on kindle away from finishing it so. listen you've you know it's then you finished it, it <laughs> i know i know what the happens. F- first five pages are the next five pages are the next <laughs> five pages <laughs> oh except for one whole subplot that i cannot wait to cover but go okay mm-hmm. who's timing me on this all right hold on hold on when i read these i always feel like oh i'm gonna be able to summarize this perfectly and then when i come back to this i'm like these all blend all of these books blend together i can't remember I know, names i know All right. 60 seconds on the clock. Are you ready? I'm ready. Three, two, one, go. Anita is a young Amish woman whose husband has just died in a tragic buggy accident. She is pregnant. She Uh. returns from their shared marital home in Ohio to be back with her family in Lancaster, but her parents are dead and she has to move in with her brother Amos and his wife Hannah. Amos is a huge fucking dick. And he um, doesn't want her to waste any time mourning. He does not care that she's lost her husband. He wants her to find a husband ASAP. Um, Also, um, Hannah's brother, Eli, lives next door. And he's slightly younger and single. And he comes over for dinner a lot. Um, uh, The whole community only cares that she gets married before she has a baby again. Um, The bishop's wife gives her a list of eligible bachelors to choose from. Amos is super pissed when she starts. Oh, shit. Okay, so she's into Simon. Sorry, Simon, the guy next door. Um, Amos doesn't like it. And then um, at the end, it doesn't matter. And she and him get together anyway. Also, there's a subplot where um, Amos brings an eligible bachelor. time. Oh, why is it so hard to do? Uh, Because... (laughs) Despite the fact that nothing happens, there is so much detail of the nothing. Yeah, but yes, I was like, so all right, detail. I volunteered Can... because I was sure I could nail it because nothing fucking happens in this book. Let me open this beer. This will help if I open the beer. Hold on. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. You want to finish your, uh... Um, okay. The subplot I missed is that, like, Amos fucking invites a guy over who has to travel four whole days to get there. To <laughs> He's there for less than 24 hours. Yeah, and he tries to seduce her by offering to, like, build her a baby crib, which she does not want him to do. And, yeah, in 24 hours, like, he, she just straight up says, I'm not looking for her husband, and he, like, storms out of the place and has to go four, four days home again. <laughs> you, you skipped over the uh, multiple really awkward wood innuendos, which has to be intentional, right? Like, all the yeah. discussion about wood. Yeah. It has to be. He makes her, like, pick out the wood for the crib, and he's like, you want cherry? You want... It was listening to, like, um... Uh, Bubba described shrimp and Forrest Gump, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yes, uh-huh. basically. There was a whole subplot with, like, um, Hannah, the his, Anita's sister-in-law. Yeah. Who's obviously being battered. Yes. She's an Amish wife, so yes. yes. Yeah, and she's, like, subservient to Amos. And I, like, they're, you know, it's a whole changing hearts and mind. It's a real, like, you can change a, an abusive man's situation. So, but it's actually not, though. Oh, you don't think so? Well, so this is the thing. Like, 
I actually think that Amos is like a psychopath with a serious split personality disorder. I think so too, because he's back and forth so much. Yeah, there's no actual change. And it's like, there are several moments where it's like a light switch goes from one, like super angry, screaming, yelling man to just like, as if he has no memory of what he has just been screaming. Yes. You know what it reminds me a lot of is uh, Tommy Wiseau in the room. Yes. Mm. Just like complete like turn 180 degrees. Oh, hi, Mark. Yeah. Oh, hi. Exactly. Exactly. I was reading it and I I thought of that exact line. Oh, hi, Mark. Also, why didn't he, the whole reason why he didn't want her to marry um, Simon, his his wife's brother, was because Simon was a whopping like six years younger. Yeah. Than which does not seem, well, okay. To me does not seem terrible, but you have to consider the fact these books are set in weird Amish land. So. But, like, that shouldn't be terrible there, because you got, like, 18-year-olds marrying 40-year-old bishops and shit like that. Yeah, but that, that's right? only when the lady is younger. That's the other, yes, that's the other way around. So, like, young women are allowed to wear, marry old men, but if you're an older woman, I mean, because think about it, right? Like, the goal is to have as many kids as possible, and if you're a 22-year-old man marrying a 28-year-old woman who already had issues getting pregnant in the first place, Simon's not going to end up with a lot of kids, which is not, like, very frowned upon. Mm-hmm. I thought Simon was going to be gay, because in he the... Might be. They I'm were not like, sure oh, he's not. Yeah, yeah, they were like, he's so handsome, and all the girls love him, but he's rejected every single one. I was like, gay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is Anita Simon's beard? Could be. I mean, and she already has the baby, so, like, a lot of pressure is off him. That is true. Mm-hmm. Were there literally any other side plots um i kept waiting for the reveal that like there was like a human trafficking circle because of how intense everyone was about her getting married and who she was allowed to get married to i was like and because amos was like so intent on her like he was the one who insisted she move from ohio to back to lancaster yes. and then then so he insists that she come and then she's like okay so i'll pay for my upkeep and he's like yeah you will and like acting like she's this huge burden and then like trying to pressure her into marriage right away and i was like oh you just got trafficked your brother just trafficked you like he made you think you were coming into this situation and like now he's trying to sell you to the highest bidder within your community yeah that's what a pimp does basically and like but like i was waiting for the reveal that he was literally selling her to the highest bidder like i was like (laughs) wait no like he genuinely like someone prepaid him to get his sister to come back here to marry them like that's but it never quite materialized but i still think that that's what happened that, that might be a book too maybe a spin-off <laughs> of all of this is like we we just write our own amish fan fiction endings to these things <laughs> oh man, yes we really should this book had all of the uh mundane plot line of wanda brunstetter's first book in which the um, single school teacher is being constantly told she needs to, she'll only be happy if she gets married and she's saying she doesn't <laughs> want to be married, but with none of the charm and mm-hmm. none of the, and I use the word charm loosely, like at least <laughs> w- Wanda Brunstetter had like multiple buggy accidents, like drama. Yeah, like yeah. dying children, a, di- a dead father. Yeah, nothing happened in this. The no. most dramatic thing that happened was like her, her buggy wheel got stuck in a rut in briefly. In a rut, that was it. Englisher came and helped her out. That was it. That was like mm-hmm. the. I can't even identify a climax of this story. No. Everything that does happen happens like off screen. Like it'll be like, oh, it's three months later and Hannah's been working at the candy store and Amos did this thing and stuff happened. But we, for some reason, didn't talk about any of it happening. Yeah. Like the room. Yes. Like the room. It was a real tell don't show situation. <laughs> yeah. Always. 
let's talk about the author. I did some research. Did anybody else do research? No. I did no, not. I, did not. She, I was like too bored to even care. That's because you guys are like um, family ladies with like real lives going on in jobs and I'm currently unemployed and I'm not doing anything with my life. Uh, so I did research into <laughs> Samantha Price. <laughs> oh, well, please enlighten us. So I actually, when I researched this, um, and again, I want to emphasize I have nothing going on in my life. So this is exciting for me. Um <laughs> I found a, this is a, if this read differently to you than like Wanda and um, Beverly, which it did to me, mm-hmm. like it felt like a watered down version of what they do. Yes. The reason is Samantha Price. Is she an AI? Was it written by AI? She, she might be an AI or just like a compilation of many different people. I can't find, first of all, any record of her existing outside of whatever the about the author blurb says on her books really so like Wanda and beverly have web presence they've done online signings they do interviews they maintain like websites where they get like personalized and folksy Mm -hmm. they they tell you about their ventriloquist fetishes samantha price (laughs) it's just that short blurb on her book uh the back and it has like a questionable thumbnail picture that's not consistently everywhere. So I think she's a ghostwriter, right? And then I thought, mm-hmm. my thought was she's, maybe she's like a ghostwriter for a publishing agency that wants to cash in on like the Amish uh, Amish craze. And it's just like some rando at the publishing agency who writes these books. Because there are 19 books in the Expectant Amish Widows series. Yeah. Yes. And they are churned out at a breakneck pace. I looked into it and... It was impossible to tell because these are independently published. Are so they? So this is basically somebody who did like online Amish fan fiction and published entirely on her, his or her own. I think she's British. She called chips crisps in the first chapter of this book. I noticed that too. Well, in the picture, like, did you see the picture on her website too? It doesn't look like a real person. It's a really small thing of like a, a lady with like like a bad dye job, like really fire yes, truck red, short red, red hair. hair. Yeah. And it says she has six grandchildren in one of her author blogs, but that doesn't look like a woman who has six grandchildren to me. No. And also, if you look at her website, which I'm on right now, there's no like about the author section, which... I, I believe both Wanda and Beverly both had like an about the about the author. Quite extensive about the author. Yeah, her about the author sections in like anything are just really short, and it's like she has cats. She lives in a Victorian cottage. It sounds like made to a cottage. Uh, yeah. Also, since I was going down this rabbit hole of publishing, I went back to that book "Thrill of the Chase" by Valerie Weaver Zercher. Yes, uh-huh. which is like the which is like the academic treatise on Amish um, Amish fiction. It's the smart person version of what we do here. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, I was reading more of it, and I found out so like the just in general the Amish publishing world. Like this is obviously like under Christian publishing labels. Yeah. So Zondervan and Thomas Nelson, which are the two publishers that also Thomas Nelson also publishes AmishLiving.com and AmishReader.com, which by the way, if you have any question about the Amish, those fucking sites come up and you know it's not true. It's like clearly promotional. Yes. Mm-hmm. If you know it if you know like pro- what promotional shit that's hidden is. So they're the two largest Christian book publishers in the nation and they cover 70% of the Christian lit market and they are both owned by HarperCollins which is in turn owned by News Corp, oh. which is Rupert Murdoch's, which owns Fox and yeah. Wall Street Journal. And and Hulu. I didn't know Hulu was a Murdoch thing. Shit, I didn't, I didn't either. either. So this shit goes all the way to the top, man. 
All the way. I don't know. Like, that's not surprising, right? Like, obviously, like, some conservative whatever owns this shit. Yeah. But Samantha Price exists outside of this realm. I mean, there is a contest. It says, to contact Samantha directly, please fill out this form. We could try to contact her directly. Be like, are you real? Yes or no? Are you you a robot? (laughs) Since there's not really a lot to cover in plot, there are a couple sections of this book that I have highlighted that I really feel like we we should probably cover. Hold on. Go for it. Yeah. Well, I remember um, I remember the first one was when when I guess it was Simon cut his hand. Do you remember this? When Simon oh, yes. Hand? I bookmarked that also. Yes. And Anita had to go into his house to to bind up his wound, which, OK, fine. Like, maybe she tells him that she doesn't think that he'll need stitches. And he said, not if you bind it tightly. The body heals itself. I just want to make it clear that that's not, <laughs> not how, how that works. wound healing works. If you have a wound that should probably have stitches, you can't just tie a bandage tighter around it and hope it takes care of itself. Like even a butterfly bandage would probably not be sufficient if you actually need stitches. And also like if you tie it too tight and cut off the blood supply, it's not going to heal at all. And then your hand falls and off. And then you're going to end up with gangrene. Yeah. I think Simon is secretly the ER doctor that told me that my broken arm in which two pieces of bone were no longer touching could heal together if I just let it like hang heal. That is literally what we do with the babies though. Like if the ba- if we have a baby who like breaks their humerus or something during delivery, they don't cast it. They just pin the arm to the shirt, which But that's cuz their bones aren't like actually set yet. Exactly. They're like Exactly. They're like half fucking jello. They're not an adult like Leanne when Leanne broke her arm. My bone was yes. poking against the skin of my arm. I was like, I really I re- don't think this is going to hang heal properly. <laughs> and he just wanted you to like let it hang for a couple months and he hopefully was like, it I don't think you need I don't think you need surgery and I was like I'm going to a different doctor. Anyway, that's Simon. Um I bookmarked that same that same spot because um why like as she's finding it up and stuff he goes you seem like you've done this kind of thing before <laughs> like who the fuck hasn't put a band-aid on before like what yeah like how are you this helpless you can't possibly be this helpless maybe it's a bondage reference Ooh, Amish bondage. I would love that subgenre. I was thinking by the way, what do you think about an OnlyFans account where we do like Amish porn? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> do you even have to ask yes yeah let's 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 work that out and tie this in somehow to the podcast i feel yeah. like we can oh i noticed how horny everyone in this particular amish community apparently is oh yeah um the bishop's wife makes multiple statements about how they need to get her married real quick because you don't want to let the horse out of the barn you got to shut the door like as oh, if this woman yeah. who is already heavily pregnant might just start spontaneously mounting every man in the community if, like, left unattended. Yeah. Yeah, what was that phrase she said again? Like, the full phrase about the horse in the barn? Oh, let me see if I can find it. Well, it's just, like, the idea that, like, she had one taste of sex because she's married mm-hmm. now, or she's not going to be able to go without it for a while, which, like, okay, I do kind of understand. However, like, in the Amish community, I don't think that that, like, she's then going to go around, like, slutting her way through like every unmarried no but that is what the evangelical christian sect believe like once you pop can't stop you know oh yeah that's why you have to keep closed but that is true (laughs) there's this segment in chapter 12 where she gets called over to their house to be given a list of all eligible men and she gets told we don't want the devil to get a foothold do we oh yes a foothold let every man have his own wife and every woman her own husband 
Anita knew this quote was from Corinthians. Fran clearly thought everyone should marry, so they weren't tempted by sins of the flesh. And then she brings it up, like, a a chapter or two later at the mud sale. And that's when she starts talking about horses and barns. Yes. I'm going to start referring to my vagina as my barn door. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to call mine my mud sale. (laughs) Watch out for the mud sale! Uh, anal sex. Can't think of a less appealing um, way <laughs> to book is act- to it. I take it back. This is the sexiest book we've read by far. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you guys also catch um, the subtle commentary on um, getting time and a half when you work on a holiday? <gasps> uh huh. Labor rights are just frivolous. No one needs those. It's bullshit, right? So Anita is talking to Simon, who owns his own buggy making business, correct? Did I read mm-hmm. that correctly? I suppose it's one of those summer holidays. It said it's a public holiday today, which means I've got to give my workers a day off or pay them an obscene amount of money. How much do you think he pays these people? It can't be more than minimum wage. No. So instead of paying yeah. like seven twenty five an hour, he's paying them like a little over 10 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Obscene. Yeah. Obscene. Yeah. Yeah, they're happy to take a day off. Now that I've got Englishers working for me, I have to take notice of things like holidays and the like. Maybe, I don't know, child labor laws, which they're the definitely Amish do not, not paid for that day off either. Yeah, the Amish do not no. give a shit. No, no. I, yeah, the whole um, scorn they have for that is like sort of indicative of this whole theme in Amish literature where like the Amish are are so much more so hard working than the rest of us. Yeah, and they're to be admired for it. Like, those stupid fucking labor rights, like, why can't we all work hard like the Amish? And it's like, mm-hmm. but labor, do you want weekends? They don't They don't have Well, weekends. no, see, I want weekends, yeah. but I don't want to have to give my employees weekends. Yeah. That's what it comes exactly. down to. Which is why we should eat the rich, but that's a different podcast. That's That could be this podcast, too. <laughs> Spin off. Spin off. Eat the Amish rich. <laughs> I know there's some Amish out there living fucking high on the hall. Oh, oh there yeah. are. Oh, yeah. Other conservative themes in this book is that men should be protected from childbirth. Mm-hmm. That passage. Did anyone else like scream out loud at it? Yes. I yes, did. Because I, I hate that shit. I hate All right. It so so much. the passage is Anita's just given birth. The men are not in the room, but Anita finds out that Simon is there and wants to come see her. So the midwife, Dora, says, Let me clean up first. There are some things men were never meant to see. Hannah and Anita smiled at each other. Mm hmm. Fuck you. That's a note that I wrote. Uh-huh. <laughs> Fuck you. Like, what What specifically is she referring to in that? Like, a wrecked pussy? Because, like, they looked wrecked when you're done. Yeah. Like, is, that, is it a placenta? Is it, like, all the poop all over the bed from pushing? Like, what specifically is a man not allowed to see? They work on the farm birthing animals all the fucking time. They've already seen it. Yeah, it's really not that different. Yeah, well, apparently woman pussy is different from, like, cow pussy. On that same note, uh, childbirth is an absolute walk in the fucking park. Because I don't know if you guys caught that bit where, like, Anita's like, I don't know, what happens when you have a baby? I've heard that some people say it hurt. As, like, oh. <laughs> As if it's up for debate. She has the baby and she's like, I guess it's just, like, what people said it would be. <laughs> like, no, for no, she, no, she's like, it- no, she said it was. It wasn't as bad as people said it would be. It wasn't as bad. That's right. I don't know, yeah. Kristen. After you gave birth, did you? Did that thought enter your mind at all? Uh, I cannot say that it did. No. <laughs> yeah, like I was in labor for three days. 
Yeah, well, you would have made a terrible Amish woman. I would have. But yeah, no, and then like her, like Hannah's like, you well, you just have to think of it as a good pain. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh. Eat a dick and get an epidural. I, I have watched Amish women give birth in silence. And when I mean mm-hmm. silence, I mean like I walk in, I'm being told that she's pushing and I can see her pushing, but the baby just slips out and she does not make a sound. It mm-hmm. is the creepiest thing. Is that part of a religious thing where like you're not supposed to cry out during birth? Isn't that like a Bible passage? Um, Probably. Probably. I, I mean. Because I've heard of like silent birth in like some context where like you're and i feel like i've heard about it in like scientologists i think like yeah yeah that's the scientology thing close though yeah i will say that they are like the amish generally are not not as loud when they give birth but i don't think that it's something that is like frowned upon for you to like make noise but it, it is weird the first time i saw it happen i wasn't quite sure what i was watching i was like i thought she was in labor you have to just think they've like selectively bred for easy births over many, many generations. Yeah. Wide hips, small heads. Also, a commonality from this commonalities into the other books. Um, focus on food. Chocolate cake is the new root beer. It was mentioned twenty six uh-huh. times in this book. Twenty six. Wow. The Wonder Bar count is at eight. Yeah, there were a lot of Wonder Bar references in this one. It felt like being back with Beverly a little. Did you notice, though, unlike Beverly and Wanda, she did not bother to translate the Amish words for us. She assumed her Amish readers could actually infer the meaning from, like, simple words, which well, I actually... She trusts. Was... Yeah, she trusts her yeah, she, well, she, she only used ones that are phonetic dupes, like... Brother. Beverly used brother and is like, that means brother. Like, <laughs> it's <a> constant exposition. <laughs> Valerie Researcher has a whole passage on Amish dialect, and I have to read this to you guys, okay? Not the whole passage, but oh, I can't believe please, I missed this Please before. do. So she, basically she says, one of the ways Amish fiction exoticizes the Amish is through Pennsylvania Dutch inflicted, inflected dialogue, right? Like, we've seen them, like, take words and phrases and, like, just kind of yes. drop them in casually. So she talked to a linguist. Linguist Karen Johnson Wiener, which is a funny name, notes the dialect in... Wiener. She's like, it's Viner! <laughs> Viner! It's like Viner. Viner! Anyway, Karen Hot Dog says that um, <laughs> the dialect in popular novels about the Amish is often a combination of Pennsylvania Dutch words and outmoded English syntax. Um, one Amish mother I spoke with suggested the speech patterns in the Amish novel she's read called to mind a Western accent rather than anything recognizably Amish. Interesting. Yeah, and another Amish woman told me the characters in a Beverly Lewis novel she read recently were always talking, quote, half Amish. Um, and a Mennonite blogger was just, like, flat-out disgusted and said, why does Bever- she, meaning Beverly Lewis, always write the dialogue in this bizarre, hick, pioneer, Midwestern, redneck language? Yes. Yes. Dropping G's all over the place and putting in strange <laughs> phrases that have absolutely no counterpart in Dutch. Dropping G's! Dropping G's! Uh-huh. <laughs> Sorry, it's amazing. That is. Beverly, that's not how they wanted you to do it. <laughs> Beverly did, like, get really intense into this weird, like, kind of, like, redneck, like, southern Midwestern kind of thing where she just, yeah. like, yeah. Samantha Price didn't do that as much in this one, I don't think. But she just, no. she, you know, she sprinkled the words in there. I like that discussion yeah. of it because I never really thought about that. Like, I've been around the Amish enough, but, like, not enough to, like, analyze them linguistically and so i think that's a really interesting observation that it's not even like amish like the dutch pennsylvania dutch that they use right. is not even like 
identifying Correct. the Amish. I think in a previous episode, like for research, I try to look, I, again, I have no life. I try to like look up stuff about like learning Amish language, like what resources online. It's all like these mm-hmm. corporate websites like AmishLiving.com and AmishReader.com. And it has like basically the glossary from like Beverly and Wanda's books. And there's nothing like it's mm-hmm. really fucking hard That's to find it. anything about this. Yeah, there's like one guy who has like bad YouTube videos out there, like who's genuinely trying to teach you. Well, it's almost as if the Amish eschew technology and don't like sharing their customs with others. <laughs> it's almost like they're very insular. I thought Juan and Beverly had a lot of Amish friends who would love to share their life. <laughs> That's what they think. Samantha Price doesn't make any claim to any proximity, any Amish proximity whatsoever. No cred. No. No, okay. She doesn't say she has Amish ancestors. She doesn't say she's got Amish friends. She doesn't even say she's visited Lancaster County. Right, which is like a dead giveaway. She's not a real person. She can't be a real person. But it's funny because she did that, but her books are kind of basically on par with the other ones who claim that they've done these things. It's basically the same. Um, Can we also talk about, too, and this is not surprising, but just something that I I would like to mention, um, that the in this book, um, they basically, since uh, Anita is pregnant... They basically consider her to be, like, an invalid and, like, disabled and can't yeah. do anything. She can't carry anything. She cannot carry a tray with meat and cheese on it, which is, like, ridiculous because when you think about it, like, after she gives birth to this child, she's going to have to pick up the child. The tray has surely to be lighter than the child. But I also want to point out, this is not what actually happens when Amish women are pregnant. Like, you will see no. them outside mowing the lawn, yeah. doing gardening, like, doing laundry. They're not like, oh, my God, please put the meat and cheese tray down. No, if anything, I think you're not expected to, like, stop hoeing the fields to drop the baby. Like <laughs> In real Amish world, like, when Anita got that buggy stuck, like, they probably would have pulled up and been like, yeah, well, why didn't you pull it out yourself, you pregnant Mm-hmm. You lazy pregnant bitch. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Put that in fucking Pennsylvania Dutch dialect. Gooch for nothing. Gooch for nothing? Oh no, that was more can, can we discuss uh, the the actual final proposal? I didn't get to that point, so please tell me what happened. For, he sort of proposes, like, many times over the course of the book. Like, like he makes this big show of saying, like, just so you know, when you are ready to get married again, like, I'd like to marry you. And, like, they awkwardly move on with the conversation. And that repeats, like, a couple times. But so he gets really stuck on this list that uh, the bishop's wife gives her with, like, names of all of the eligible bachelors. Oh, yes, because he was not on it because he's too young. So he was real pissed that his name was not on this list. And he okay. brings it up several times. And then, so we get to the final chapter and we have skipped ahead a year. And she has a one-year-old. And he's been, uh, Simon has been allowed by Amos to come over again, and, like, they've been hanging out, and he tells Anita that he's going to take her and Daniel, who is their one-year-old, on, her one-year-old, rather, on, like, a special outing, and he, like, takes them on a picnic, and then at the end, he tells her that, like, he has the list, which had gone missing, and that he put his name on it, and he wants her to agree that she'll cover her eyes and stick a pin in the list. And if the name, if the pin lands on his name, then she has to marry him because that means it's like a decree from God. Because that's how like they choose bishops or whatever. None of this makes any sense. How did your husband propose to you? He didn't do this. He was my husband like, didn't propose to me. <laughs> my, husband didn't pro- my husband didn't propose to me either. 
<laughs> neither did neither did my former husband propose to me. Yeah, no. It was just a reasonable discussion. It was like, well, maybe we should probably get married. Yeah, I think that that makes sense. Ours was not a reasonable discussion at all. But <laughs> it was not a proposal. So she like, and she has this like big internal conflict about doing this. And then she's like, oh my God, what if the pin doesn't land in his name? Do I have to marry whatever random man like the pin na- lands in? Like, <laughs> no, obviously you don't have to do any of that. This is all. <laughs> but in her head, she decides, yes, I do. Yes, I do. Whatever happens is God's will. That's like when you play MASH, like when you're yeah. a kid and you're like, oh, I guess I'm living in a shack, like with 27 kids and like the weird kid from fifth grade. I mean, to be fair, my life has probably turned out just about as uh, just about as mediocre and disappointing as MASH said it was. So there's all this tension and all this tension. There's all this lead up. She's like, which way? Wait, where's the top of the page? Where's the bottom of the page? How do I know where to put the pin? Oh and my he's god, like, there's so many logistics. And- what is paper? <laughs> no one in these books knows anything, so you know. And so she does it. She sticks in the pin. And she takes off the blindfold, and what is, I think, supposed to be the cute reveal is that, like, he just wrote his name all over a piece of paper, so that, like, no matter what, like, the pin was gonna go in his name. And then he's like, so how about it? And she, her literal response is like, well, I said that, I mean, the pin landed on your name, so I guess I have to. She's, like, so literal. What? Yeah. She's like, I'm con- contractually obliged to marry you now, so Yes. <laughs> Maybe they have it right, man. I mean, the divorce rate's so low. Maybe, I think maybe it been great. instead of like not being proposed to, we all should have taken this route. I would have laughed so hard if it was yeah. like her pin landed in the margins of the paper where he hadn't written anything. It was like, no, oh well. <laughs> <laughs> Better luck next which was time. Again, which was, again, her plan. She didn't want to marry anybody. Just in case you missed that when it was mentioned fucking 26 times. Oh, yeah. God, no one listens to her. Also, they're so mean to her about mourning her husband. I mean, like, literally on the uh-huh. buggy ride home. They're like, why are like why are you sad that your husband's dead? Yeah, and, like, he's like, you know what? God's plan, man. He's an angel <laughs> in heaven. It's only been two months. You should probably get over it. And it's like, I mean, I, I've had, like, way less bad shit happen to me that I've mourned for way longer than that. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, one, one guy literally says life goes on to her as he's, like, trying to get her to bone him. And she's like, uh, my husband, my husband only died two months ago. And he was like, goes on. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I'm here now. He's like, why don't you pick out a wood grain that you enjoy? <laughs> Just focus on that. <laughs> this book had bad timelining, by the way. Did you notice that uh, the baby had just turned one year old? And she's like, he's transitioning to a big boy bed. And I was like, that seems a little bit too soon. Doesn't yeah, that's it? not how that Yeah, works. no, that's definitely too soon. That's about when we had to transition Lydia because she's a ninja. But... That's not I a normal thing. Yeah, I don't think the Amish are that advanced. Yeah. can't imagine an Amish baby meeting milestones that quickly. No, oh my god, my kid escaped from her crib, literally. Okay, so we put it all the way down on the ground so that she couldn't, like, launch herself out like a gymnast. And she lifted up the mattress and tried to wiggle out of the two, <laughs> like, un- tried to wiggle out under the bars. Wait, do they almost have like feather do they buy like commercial mattresses or do you think they have like stuffed feather tick mattresses like in colonial times? Straw. The babies get straw. Straw. I feel like it's just commercial mattresses like very low end commercial mattresses because just from the auctions and, and such that I've been to like they're they are reselling mattresses which is disgusting. Ew. Um, but they're reselling like normal like Serta commercial like mattresses so 
I don't think that it's stuffed with straw. Maybe like the really, really strict ones, but. How convenient for them to benefit from that modern convenience. Fucking loophole. Well, yeah, I mean, you have to pick and choose, you know, you can't completely live in the 1700s. (laughs) Okay, so I had like one more observation about this book that was a surprise to me. I was wondering if this was a secretly pro-gay marriage message book. Did you guys catch that? No. No. Uh, Maybe that's because if you have to finish, you have to finish it. So if you didn't finish finish it. Yeah. yeah. But at the end, it's like when. Okay, so the line is um, she and Simon are like, oh, we're going to totally do this, right? And they're talking about their, like, whopping six-year age difference. And they're like, well, what about our unreconcilable age difference? And one of them says, as long as we're not hurting other people, it shouldn't matter who we love. That's a pro-gay marriage message. It is. Do you think that was intentional, though? I'm, I feel like if you alert Samantha Price and her publishers of this, they will change it immediately. Do you think I could should write a salty Amazon review about it? Like, that's not the value that I expect in my other Amazon uh, yes. books. I think that's exactly what yes. you should do. Like, as soon as we stop this recording, you mm-hmm. need to write that. I'll be mm-hmm. like, I actually think that even if we're not hurting people, it does matter. because It does. Because my you... religious liberties are violated by you yeah. fucking that man. Mm-hmm. You putting your wieners in someone's butt that that bothers me. That doesn't actually. I want to. This doesn't actually bother me for anyone listening. I'm, <laughs> no, I'm actually no, we're, we're super, super pro that. We're just I, role playing. Yeah, I am mad turned on by that shit. But like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like I can imagine, you know, that readers of Amish's literature typically would be appalled by that line because that's like a line that's like I feel like almost only used in the context of gay marriage or yeah or at least like very strongly uh, yeah I would agree mm-hmm. looking through her catalog of other books she has like 19 of these and some of them have like really fucking ridiculous titles like the Amish firefighter's widow or whatever that is also mm-hmm. the one that stuck out to me, yeah. Yeah, but like when you read the um, description of them, well, they all sound like the same fucking book. Every single one sounds like the book we just fucking read. Oh, the, the one thing, the one question I do have is because, so I don't know if you guys noticed that they several times pretty much at random mentioned that Anita and Amos had two other brothers who left oh, the Amish yeah. community. Yes. I was hoping to get some story on that. And I'm wondering if any of the subsequent books are about them or their pregnant widows. Um, my like reading of the series is that they don't continue stories from book to book. Every every book is a completely new, completely quote unquote new story. Oh, so there was That's just no shame. point to that bit of no story. Yeah. Yeah, I was hoping no they would touch on that more. But I did have I I did read through every again. I have absolutely no life. <laughs> I did read through every single description of all nineteen books. Yeah, and um, I did find one that sounded slightly different from the others. If we wanted to do any other book in this series, which we are not obligated to do, this one was called the. Um, God, these titles are dumb. The Pregnant Widow's Amish Vacation. <laughs> and it's, if you can guess. She goes to the beach. She has a great time. The description <laughs> is. Say it without laughing. When Englisher Jane Walker finds herself widowed and expecting her first child, she <laughs> sinks into severe depression. She hides from everyone the fact that her husband was leaving her when he was killed. So there's a little twist. Her oh. boss and coworkers. Ooh. Now here's the second twist, and this is the second time we've seen this plot. Boss and coworkers surprise her with a vacation in Amish country. Somebody make oh, made God. her go on a vacation, yes. just like yes. in Beverly's yes. book. 
Yep. For forcing her from the safety of her office. So Jane, now this is a great word. Jane hides her grudge against the Amish and goes there determined to keep herself. So Jane has a pre-existing reason to hate the Amish and her coworkers <laughs> and boss thought it would be a great idea to send her to Amish country for a vacation. This reminds me of was it was it Wanda's book where she with the Lancaster School of Design and she goes and falls in love with an Amish man? Yes. So there's like a whole... I, I, I want to read this book. I want to read this book. <laughs> That's why I was attracted to it because that other one where like an Englisher converts to being Amish was really fucking stupid and I kind of want to read that. Read that kind of plot again. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm all right. I'm for it. Yeah, let's do it. Now, what is this one called again? Uh, the Pregnant Widow's Amish Vacation. Uh, this one has a twist too where like in, the, in Wanda's book where the English woman who converts to Amishness... She like has a a weird at she loves she has a hard on for the Amish even prior to like meeting any of them. Yeah, this woman, this woman for reasons we don't know hates him. We don't know. Maybe she never explains it. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Maybe the book is about one of us. Maybe <laughs> Leanne. Maybe that's what's gonna happen to you. You're gonna come home next time you come home. You're gonna meet some sexy Amish man with a Dutch bob who can ice skate beautifully. <laughs> He can ice skate beautifully, mm-hmm. but doesn't know how to tie up his own w- wounds. Keep, yeah, keep your mind open. Yeah. So, are we are we interested in doing one more Samantha Price book? I'm I would do it. Yeah, I'm interested in doing that specific one, but none okay, of the great. others. Yeah, the others were really like, boy, it was just this book. Even described in this, they couldn't even bother to make the summary sound interesting. <laughs> it was just like replace the name Anito Cut, with yeah. another name. Copy paste. Yeah. Uh-oh. Any other comments? About this one. I fucking hated it. I would give this one out of five buggies. Do we have a rating system? We do now. I don't think that I would give any of these books more than one out of five buggies. So I don't know. Com- I might have to give one to two or three just out of com- like just because of comparison. Yeah, they can't all be one. This ones. one was bad. This one was really terrible. Wanda's one with the Lancaster School of Design may be my favorite so far. I think yeah. so too. That was a great like hate read. Oh my I- god, with her with her Down syndrome baby that she abandoned. Oh my god, there's so much wrong with that book. I I kind of want to read it again. Rhonda constructed a multi generational tale across several books. Oh, right. She put a lot of work. Even though, into it. as we examined, the the timeline was fucked up. Terrible. You know that's okay. Forever. At least she tried. Yeah. If there's nothing else, join us next time where we will review the. Pregnant Widow's Amish Vacation by Samantha Price. We'll do our best for you, dear listeners. We'll do our best. We read it so you don't have to.